Addressing the caricatures of ACBC on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. And today, I am excited that we have Dr. Stuart Scott with us on the podcast, and uh, we're going to discuss some interesting things today. Dr. Scott has taught at the Master's University for a number of years. He's uh, also the director of our membership services uh, with ACBC. Uh, he's been a, a member for 30 years, but he's also been a fellow for quite some time, which means he's served in significant roles. He's been a, a major contributor to the literature of the biblical counseling movement as well. And so I'm always delighted when he's able to join us. And, and today we're going to be discussing, I think, an important topic and one that Stuart has witnessed over his involvement in ACBC and NANC historically, uh, and then in, in the biblical counseling movement at large. And Today, Stuart, we want to talk about some of the caricatures uh, that we still hear consistently about ACBC and in particular, and the way that people see us in the way that we we counsel. Can you identify what some of those caricatures uh, might be and, and the ways that we hear them? Uh, sure, Dale. And thank you again for having me on the podcast here. It's a wonderful opportunity to be here with you. Mm. Uh, but yes, I continually hear these brought up in different venues, whether it's school, among students, or faculty, or just out and about. Uh, someone will bring something up, and I'm always puzzled that we've already addressed it. It's a caricature. It's not true, but it continues to be. Uh, con these caricatures continue to be issues that we need uh, to address. Some of them uh, that I continually hear is that the Nuthetic or ACBC or biblical counseling alone is only focused on behavior and misses the heart, uh, misses worship and love for Christ, or a caricature of all you deal with is sin and you don't ever address suffering, uh, or you're against true science and medicine and only use the Bible for everything, think the Bible is sufficient for uh, car mechanics and everything else. It It's a, a misunderstanding of sufficiency. Uh or you're not, uh, I hear this one, you're not gospel-oriented, or I've heard all you are is gospel-oriented. Mm -hmm. So these are some, or it's truth, and you don't have any grace. Mm. Uh, but these are some of the caricatures I'm uh, usually hearing from time to time. Yeah, and so I think, you know, some people get this perception, and, and that's exactly what a caricature is. It's it's a perception of the way we think something might be that has uh, some sort of likeness, but it's distorted mm -hmm. in quite a few ways. It's not the, the fullness of the way we would understand something. And, and I'm like you. I've heard this uh, now teaching in seminary for quite some time, uh, and then just in, in conversation at large, people uh, want to attack in specific ways uh, some caricatures that I, I think often are, are quite unfair. They're not um, looking at the fullness of things that are written uh, or even taught uh, within the biblical counseling movement and specifically uh, here at ACBC, the way that we think about some of these issues uh, and the way that we focus. One of those that you mentioned that I think is, is really interesting is uh, the way we think about the Bible and science. 
Uh, that's a really hot topic even now, especially in the in the area of psychiatry. I'm looking forward to in the year of 2020, we're actually going to address that very issue uh, with leaders in the biblical counseling movement at a colloquium. We're going to discuss this issue. These are not issues that we're afraid to speak of or to uh, learn in and grow in. And so I'm excited about those times. And that's just another way that shows we're growing through some of those faulty perceptions that, that people have had for, for years. And the, the thing about it is, for you, you've witnessed this over a long period of time. You've been a part of the inside um, discussions of the organization uh, of ACBC, and you've heard some of these things continually. So it's interesting from your perspective, at least to me, that you hear these caricatures on the outside, but then you hear exactly what's being discussed in very real terms on the inside of ACBC and how we as an organization have, have grown to address these concerns. So talk about some of the ways that you've witnessed us growing through uh, some of these caricatures that are that are proposed about biblical counseling and specifically about ACBC. Yes, I, I probably would consider myself a second generation uh, in the area of uh, biblical counseling if Jay Adams and back in Wayne Mack and back in those era would be more of the first generation. Mm-hmm. But having known these men uh, worked alongside these men, uh, listening to them teach, reading what they've written. I mean, some of them have written over a hundred books like yeah. Jay Adams, I think has written over a hundred and Wayne Max probably close to that. Having read what they have written, there's no way you can come out with these caricatures. Mm. If you read a sentence somewhere, an obscure sentence or how you, one of them may have treated a particular topic. Maybe it was a little imbalanced, mm-hmm. but not in the the full scope of all that they've written and have spoken. I think over the years, I've seen the the topics that they've addressed. They're always talking about real real issues that real people are facing. Mm-hmm. They're using the scriptures. They're uh, alluding to real science, uh, not not speculation, mm-hmm. not the soft sciences, but mm-hmm. when there's hard data, mm-hmm. they realize that we're composed of an inner man and an outer man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all through the seminars, through the books, uh, but the people who usually bring up these uh, statements that have, are caricatures mm-hmm. are individuals who have not really read well uh, the amount of material that's out there. Mm. They've not listened. They've not uh, talked to these men. Uh, I think the there's an agenda with those who are most vocal on these caricatures. Mm. And I think they, they don't take a high view of Christ, his word, and his church. Mm. They, they have accommodated uh, the Bible with something else, whether it's psychology, psychiatry, something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just have read a book recently on true devotion by Dr. Alan Chapel, And he said, when you add to scripture, you, sub- you subtract from it. Mm. And whatever you add to scripture, he said, the second law, he calls it of theological hermeneutics, whatever you add to scripture will be more weighty and more important to you mm. than scripture. And that, I think, what is what has happened, uh, where either science or psychology has become, uh, and I, I say speculation and science, has become more important than the Bible when you add 
it to the Bible. Yeah, and maybe that's why uh, reading uh, some of the old old guys in our movement uh, is quite distasteful. And here's the thing. We're not trying to defend uh, Dr. Adams or Dr. Mack. Uh, what I would say is I would encourage our listeners that before you accept some of these criticisms, my encouragement to you is don't believe what I'm saying. Uh, go and read Dr. Adams for yourself. Go and read Dr. Mack uh, in wholeness. So in order to do good research, which Stuart, both, both you and I teach uh, at a seminary level, at a master's level, and we encourage our students to read and to read well, uh, not to mischaracterize someone when they when they write and when they talk about subjects, not to extrapolate uh, one particular thing that they may have said in a given situation, but to look at the full body of their work, to consider the time in which they're writing it and things like that, and what they're up against in their particular day. And so I would just simply encourage people uh, to, to look back, to read more broadly, uh, before you run into some sort of caricature that just fits uh, a narrative that you want to move into uh, with the acceptance of psychology or some of the misnomers of psychiatry as well. Uh, because I think what's interesting is um, as science moves, quote unquote, well, I would call it scientism, as scientism moves uh, in the direction with psychology and psychiatry, what we're seeing is that um, maybe some of the things Dr. Adams and Dr. Mack suggested uh, were healthy cautions. And so um, it's interesting to me as we move forward that some of the things that they were quite cautious about, uh, even the secular, quote unquote, scientific world uh, is giving caution to even as we speak. So um, let's talk maybe specifically about one or two of these caricatures. If you can discuss uh, one or two of these caricatures and how you've seen these things become more balanced is a word that you use that I think is helpful. So have you seen some of these become more balanced in the way that we discuss them at ACBC? Yeah, I think one area that I have seen uh, that it wasn't really imbalanced uh, when you read all of the literature that's out there in the early days of biblical counseling is sin and suffering. Mm. Uh, when you get the two themes of sin and suffering running through the scriptures, from Genesis 3 on, there's no question. The redemptive theme is the large theme. It's the, the bigger theme. We may even go up to 70% of that theme is sin and, and redemption. Uh, suffering is another theme running through the scriptures, but not on the same level of the sin theme. Uh, and I, I, I've i just seen not only read what's written, but also have seen over the years, uh, especially with the third generation now of in the area of biblical counseling, there's, a, I think, a, a good wedding of all sufferers sin and all sinners suffer. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I've read and listening in seminars, there is a really good balance, I think, a maturity now of dealing with both suffering and sin without taking uh, the weight off the major theme, but not missing the minor theme. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. And and I wish we had time to work through all of these caricatures. And I think that's something that we could do certainly uh, as we move forward. I I do want to uh, always be self-evaluative as we think about our organization. I think that's important as well. I think we can speak positively about uh, some of the ways in which we, uh, these caricatures are misnomers, but, but I also think it's important that we're aware of ways that we still need to grow. So, so what are some ways 
uh, Stuart, that you can see that, that we need to still continue to grow and mature because as human beings, we're imperfect. Sometimes we express things imperfectly. We certainly, uh, in humility, need to consistently grow until Jesus comes. So uh, describe that. Well, I think one of the ways, as I've read even through church history, the tendency to have a knee-jerk reaction and overcorrect. That, that is a common tendency. If someone is all into the law and, and maybe into practice and could even go into legalism, you, you just often see people go completely over into the other ditch mm. of license, freedom, uh, not biblical freedom, but a freedom to do whatever the flesh wants. Mm-hmm. There, there just tends to be this overcorrection. Mm-hmm. And, and I have been at a fault at this as well. I've found myself sometimes when I'm teaching, if someone's holding uh, a particular issue and it's imbalanced, I think I have to go over mm. in a completely opposite direction to get them back in the middle of the road and be balanced. Yeah. And uh, I think as a movement, as we continue to grow, is that you don't correct an imbalance with another imbalance. Mm. You don't correct an error with an error. Mm-hmm. You correct any imbalance or error with God's truth properly handled. Man, that's really good, Stuart. And I think that's a warning for all of us that we need to be paying attention to. Uh, That's a way that we can certainly grow uh, to be more biblical and not be so culturally appraised uh, whenever we think about some of the issues that that we're facing, which are major problems. One of the final things I want to do, and and man, I could sit and talk about this subject uh, for quite some time, um, but I think we need to, as we bring this to a close, let's add to it maybe some warnings as we think toward the future, um, some warnings about unnecessary progression. And when I say that, what, where we would expand biblical counseling ideals in not in a mature way, but in a progressive way. What are some of the warnings that would keep us maturing instead of diluting in progression? Well, I think the terms biblical counseling have become so broad now, almost on par as some would say an evangelical, you know, I'm an evangelical. Well, I'm not quite sure what that means anymore. And there are people who say they're evangelical who deny cardinal doctrines. And I think in biblical counseling, that's become very popular now, where in the past people would say they're a Christian counselor. Or you would even say they're an integrationist, but not anymore. It's like this has become the popular title to have. And I think because of that, we have to be cautious about who we're reading and accepting whatever they say without being a good Berean and studying Scripture. We may have to come up with another name. I don't know. Um, But it's become very popular now among individuals who don't hold to the sufficiency of scripture. Yeah, I think that's a good word. And, and certainly for you who are listening, can I encourage you to just take some of the things that Stuart has discussed today and, and utilize it as food for thought? Uh, don't be quick to judgment, uh, maybe on previous perceptions, but can I encourage you to just take to heart some of the things that he's mentioned today and, and may it drive you to to be a Berean, as he suggested, to be one who looks at the scriptures and discerns, as the Bible tells us, because the, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 5.14 that that's the way that we we grow in maturity as we learn to discern good from evil. And that's a part of the process that we're all involved in now. So can I encourage you to um, to be a discerner? to take some of the things we've talked about today and to to make it food for thought 
as you move forward in thinking about biblical counseling and even ACBC at large. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know, as we think about these particular issues, I do want to mention something that we have available on our store. At our annual conference in 2018, we actually released a legacy collection that included some of Dr. Adams's work, but then other uh, uh, sermons and talks that were given by some of our executive directors. Uh, and, and I think you could enjoy uh, seeing that balance and maturity that Stuart and I discussed today. Uh, maybe one other way I would suggest that is we've just completed our annual conference in 2019. And, and what we see at each annual conference is we have about 50 or more breakout sessions. And you can hear ACBC members describing very difficult issues, addressing very difficult topics with the beauty and balance of the Word of God. So can I encourage you to visit our website uh, and the store page on our website where you can see some of these resources uh, and consider some of the balance that we've talked about today. You can find out more information about us and these many resources that we have to offer by visiting us at biblicalcounseling.com.